You didn't know this was like DJ Monica Knight, did you? Welcome back. I love Ed Sheeran. He's great. And um, yeah, I wanted to start the show out tonight with things that matter. I came in actually to record my show and that song was just in my heart, right? And, you know, we found love right where we are, right? There's always, there's great songs about love. And, um, and I tend to see, you know, thankfully, uh, eyes are opening once again to really the heart of God in everything, right? I know some of you want to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh my gosh, another day of deliberation, which is really concerning if you ask me, but uh, for all of us, actually. Or I could talk about my two and a half hour spaces uh, uh, time this morning on Twitter, um, talking about the maps, you know, that the people who have an affinity, an attraction, not even an affinity, right, but an attraction, a sexual attraction to minors, right? Um, that's, that's a problem. And uh, that is attempting to be normalized. And so we talked about that for a while today. Uh, in my Twitter space, and uh, wow, those are turning out to be extremely 
lively, informative, just great people from all over the world who tune in and chime in. And I kind of run my space like, um, like a radio program, right? Like live radio. And then I see you, you know, if you want to speak, then request, uh, might check you out for a minute, minute, make sure you're not like a bot or something nuts. And uh, generally speaking, if I can get to you, because there's so many people in this space, sometimes I can't vet all of it um, on my own, I will, um, you know, raise your hand and I'll get to you. But people from, gosh, Brazil, uh, Ireland, Australia, Germany, uh, Turkey, uh, Canada, right? So many countries represented. And so all of us can at least agree, you know, that messing with our children sexually is just inherently no, (laughs) right? Like, no, no. And uh, whether it's for the cause of science that you're trying to normalize this behavior because you don't want people to feel bad about the demons, literally the demons that they are contending with, with regard to sexually ideating children. Um, yeah, we heard from a lady who's worked as a prison guard for her whole life and dealt with, you know, uh, sexual deviance. And she's convinced ultimately that there's very little hope for a soul who perpetuates that upon children. So big, heavy conversations, right? And I just felt really strongly to bring us all back to love, right? And romantic love is something that, I mean, we already see the brotherly love, agape love is, you know, you got to love my Greek heritage, right? We have four different meanings for the love Greek, which I, for the, for the word love in Greek. And I love that because it's so dimensional, right? It's dimensional. And so whenever I saw, whenever I see the campaigns of love wins, and it's always around some form of taking one group of society and their freedom, right, to just be hetero, right, to be a, quote, uh, mom and dad, a nuclear family, as we've always known a nuclear family to be. So whenever you see hashtags like love wins, right? If you don't agree with that, love wins, right? As if it's righteous, as if it's holy, as if it's brotherly, right? Uh, Ultimately, I think that particular hashtag campaign ends and begins at the Eros love, which is erotic love. And sure, it can mean brotherly love too, in the homosexual sense of it. But if you're talking about orderly love, if you're talking about um, if you're talking about righteousness in Christ, love, if you're talking about how God saw creation in order from the beginning, love, right? And notice I'm not shaming anyone or phobic or hating on anyone who is um, in love with someone else who happens to be same sex. I, I don't believe in guilting and shaming people um, with the gospel because the gospel came in the flesh to bring us liberty ultimately, right? And there's a real romance, there's a real romance in that, right? We're called the bride of Christ, 
And what does that mean, right? Like he's coming back for his bride. And it's so beautiful. And it's so multi-layered and multi-dimensional. He calls us friends, right? He loves us with a perfectly righteous love based in how he saw creation and how he spoke creation into existence. And so there's no terror in that. There's no rejection or abandonment or guilt or shame. There's no confusion in that, right? And so I wanted to just escape all of the madness for just a few minutes with you guys. I won't take up too much of your time this evening. Quite honestly, I feel like I've done four shows in one day. Um, and I love it. I love being in connection with you guys because your hearts and your minds are beautiful reminders of the tapestry of God's creation. And you're all different colors of thought and feeling and experiences and ideas and oh man i mean it's just beautiful right and ex- and your experiences matter like your struggles matter your victories matter you know your overcoming matters your questions matter all of that matters to me it just does and i can't say that for every day of my life I will say the only thing that usually gets in the way of me really feeling this in love with you guys is politics. And so I'm considering an exit from that landscape. And I'm strongly considering it. And I'll tell you why. Because the love affair that God has with us and with his creation, right, through his word, is so worth pouring every everything into and pouring out into others for me personally. And you know why I feel that way now more than ever? Because as you can see, anything that can be shaken is being shook. <laughs> Right. And ultimately, if this country were to completely pass away, many of you have reminded me that the United States is not mentioned in revelations and I'm, I have not gotten into the theology and the doctrinal eschatology. I have not gotten into that with all of you. Um, and I plan to in, in coming days, but honestly, gosh, I'm more concerned you know, people have asked me about my Bible study and what is that going to look like? Will we, will I please start in Revelation? I'm like, no, I will not start there because without a relationship predicated upon love and complete reliance and dependence upon a loving Father and all powerful God, nothing that you could possibly, that could possibly be revealed to you about what's coming is is going to save you from that terror. Nothing outside of a first setting the foundation of a very real and tangible relationship with our Creator. And so that's where my heart is. Politics is from another kingdom. 
And I don't say that to slight politicians, uh, but politics is, in fact, from another paradigm. It's from another principality, rather, not paradigm. It's from another principality. And it is, um, it is something that is not serving us. It has never served us, and it will never serve a nation. It will never lead a nation into liberty, ever, because that's not the foundation upon which that particular principality uh, sits. So um, I want to focus on things that are lasting. And your love for one another is lasting. Many of you feel like love and romance and all of that is the last possible thing on your list right now because there are so many seeming, um, you know, urgencies around us from the pending economic implosion to, you know, this cascade of, wow, you know, this stuff has been coming for years. We just, most people have not been made aware or they are aware, but they pretend like it's not real, whatever it is, you know, or you've been lied to, quite honestly. A lot of deception has occurred. We see our borders are being invaded. Our children are molested. Uh, other people's children are enslaved and trafficked, as we like to call it. But they are, they are slaves, as we know slavery to be. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about trafficking. The Bible talks about slavery, right, and enslaving people. And so that's what is happening with our kids. We, you know, abort our our children in the womb. Um, You know, every manner of deviation from, you know, and reprobation we see unfolding. So at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, what's going to stand is the person lying right next to you. It's going to be those little faces that you've been blessed to bring into this earth or to adopt or to um, foster, right? And so that's what's going to stand, not politics. And when you are focused on love and fostering the love in your life and you get your lives in order, I'm speaking to myself as well, trust me. I'm not preaching at you about or talking at you. I include myself in all of this. It's just that I don't happen to have that person, right? My person died 20, almost three years ago uh, with ALS. And so, you know, a couple of frogs later, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But, you know, a few relationships here and there, and I just realized that it was better for me to focus on raising my kid. And so I did. And here I am now. Uh, And I'm still single. And I believe in marriage. I love seeing people in love. I love the the chase of it all. Um, I, I think it's a beautiful thing when, you know, a man, I have a very dear friend of mine who always reminds me that, you know, um, everything a man does is for the hand of a woman. I just think that's so romantic and beautiful. And I don't even know if he realizes it, but it's true, you know, and it could be for sex. It could be for love. It could be for a kingdom. It could be for an army, you know, I mean, yeah, a country, you know, I mean, look throughout history of what women have brought to and the love or the lust of a woman has brought to the world, right? Through a man's lust or love for, the hand 
of a woman. And I think in a day and age when things are just so guttural and so F this, I mean, if you notice Twitter, it's like F asterisk CK, right? It, I mean, it's just in P asterisk S. I mean, it's just, we, we what we did was we allowed the political um, rhetoric of the past four years from women marching in pink hats to defy the patriarchy, right? That's really what that was. It's all demonic, but to defy the patriarchy, to take a stand, right? How ridiculous did we look as women? I mean, I wasn't one of them to be sure, but you know, I think of women as my sisters in creation, right? So how ridiculous did we look (laughs) running through streets across this country in vagina attire, right? I mean, astounding that anyone thought that was a good idea, but they did and they did it. And so our response um, as conservatives, by and large, I've seen where we're just so tired of being mowed over by the left's rhetoric that we've actually joined them. And listen, I can be chief among them. I, I'm amazed that some of you still follow me and you don't allow my language to offend you because it is something that I am constantly being sanctified, um, on with the Lord. And so thank you for your patience with me. Um, try not to let that offend you, uh, because my heart is to always bring, you know, uh, truth. It just is. Um, and I, again, that, that is my heart and I hope you know that, but we've, we've, we've devolved into the very depths that we say um, we hate. And so with that, the real beauty and essence of love and the things that are going to last, right, into eternity, the things that propel this country forward, first starting with love for God, right? We're not a nation under God anymore, right? Right? No, we're not. We th- we like to say we are, but we're not. It's on our money. Our money, our paper money that has no value. That is not God's monetary system. That is not what he set up for us. There should be a value assigned to an exchange, a currency exchange for goods. And there is a godly value to that. And there's a godly value to you. And there's a godly value to your neighbor and to the person wanting to serve you in a role of governance. There's a godly value to every single aspect of our lives, right? But I love the romance of it, because in, in, when you, if you get an opportunity, I may watch this tonight, actually, because I love this movie so much, but Tolkien, right? If you get an opportunity, you have not yet watched that. I highly encourage you to do so. It is a beautiful love story in the midst of war. And there are some profound moments in lines in that movie that remind us that what better time for the poets to emerge, for the creators, for the artists to emerge, right? 
instead of mimicking what society has become, why aren't we creating the canvas that God gives us in our imagination that are not vain, but that are rooted in beauty and purity and love? Why aren't we painting the landscapes of this country, whether through social media, our boards of education, uh, actual canvases, songs, um, and not every song has to be a a typical praise and worship song. You know, one of one of my most f- uh, favorite praise and worship songs. You ready? You ready? Not only the the song that we started out with tonight, but Joe Cocker of all people. Uh, you are so beautiful. That song ministers to me more than Hillsong or anyone else ever. A third day, more than anyone else. Uh, ever will. It is simple. It is beautiful. It is, you know, from the heart of God. And it's art, right? And so as the days grow darker, and they're going to, they're going to, I don't believe God has forgotten about us. And I do believe that his light is going to shine brighter, but I want you to think about what it, what is required for light to shine brighter. It has to get a little darker. And so I don't say that to instill fear in you or terror or dread. I say that because his light is in you as well. And if you're a born-again believer and follower of Christ and the Holy Spirit it dwells inside of you, then that little light of yours is about to shine and can shine everywhere you go. And that is very lovely, and that is very noble and true and good and pure. And if we think upon those things, that's what we're going to manifest So many of you have stopped making love to your spouses. You're tired. You're fat. You're lazy. um, You know, you're done. You're stressed. You're preoccupied with, uh, you know, an online persona. Um, You um, are addicted. You know, everything other than you're bitter, right? Filled with unforgiveness, a little bit of anger, and what's worse than anger is just, you know, apathy, right? Ask anyone who's been married for any length of time who falls into apathy, and that's just like the kiss of absolute marital death. Once you get to that place, yeah, well, we're roommates. Okay, well, you can. I mean, I'm not here to judge your marriage, but I'm saying that there's so much more for us, right? Something I love, 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 love is my late pastor said, you know, when he asked his wife to marry him and it was his second wife, um, he asked her and said, will you marry me so I can date you for the rest of my life? I just think that's awesome. And that's effectively what we just heard in that song. You know, reminiscing about, hey, listen, let's embrace where we are right now because we're not always going to be in this place, but you're still the person that I want to be dancing with and looking into the eyes of, you know, 50, 70 years from now. And some of us don't have 70 years, 
right? Some of us are looking at life, you know, going like, hmm, we have way more years behind us possibly than in front of us. And what does that mean? Some of you have just given up on love entirely because you've been so jacked up by people who are supposed to love you and didn't. They abandoned you, rejected you, uh, abused you, sexualized you, you name it. Uh, you know, they just let you down. I'm not talking about you guys who didn't get a pony for your birthday. You know, I'm, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about actual people who actually dropped the ball in a big way. And you're still affected by it. And maybe it was your spouse that cheated on you or, you know, just decided not to honor um, your covenant. Right? And so you're still pretty messed up about that. And you're bitter and you keep your distance from people. And, you know, when you do that, you rob the world of your tapestry, of your part in the tapestry. And there's no one else like you. And there will never be anyone else like you. Which is why I have fought so ardently against the homogenization efforts um, that seep into politics through policy. I 1,000% hate it. Anyone who knows me knows that. And I'm okay hating that because you know what? God hates evil. And you know what's evil? Is for you to quell your God-given uniqueness. That's evil. And God hates that. And so do I. And you should too. (laughs) So there. Uh, And I firmly believe that because we are all created in his image and likeness and We're all very unique. And the church has not done us any service by telling us that, you know, our personalities need to all look like this. And sure, we have the Beatitudes. How those manifest uniquely uh, within each one of us is extremely different, obviously, hence the term unique, right? It's unique to you. And so if these were things that were buried down in your soul, in your bone marrow, When your employers bought into the adult version of CRT with equity, inclusion, and diversity campaigns that that made you swear an allegiance to your guilt because of your white heritage and the former sins of this country as slave owners, you would be far less inclined to agree with that lie, right? If that were really a part of your fabric, of who you are, of your knowledge of who you are and whose you are, you would never settle for that. Never. And if your pastors were empowering you and encouraging you to understand who and whose you are, you certainly would never roll over to the economic gods, lowercase g-o-d-s, of today, to basically nullify in your respective life God's image in your life. So do you see how, and when I say nullify, it's only because you have to give up one identity to serve another and in this day and age. And if you're being asked to submit to guilt and shame in order to keep your job, and to renounce your uniqueness as a God-created and breathed and inspired ball of dust, that is not godly. 
and you're going to serve one and hate the other. So I want to spend time reminding us of the things that are going to last. And this is going to last you. And the romances of your life are going to last you. You're going to go into eternity with a very real and alive consciousness about your love and your life and the areas where you missed it. I'm not saying that you'll be tormented by them, but we will all uh, make an account. There will be an accounting of the decisions that we made. And thankfully, they will be weighed by God's scales and not man's and certainly not Satan's. And that's a beautiful thing. And so with that, you know, I want you to think about where were people in the past, right, during different world wars, what did people do to hang on? Think about some of the most romantic pieces of art in the eras they came out of, right? The things that we value now, like inordinately so, right? But think of the price tag that we've put on things that have come out of times of great darkness and upheaval in society, right? Whether it was through a monarchy or crusades or, you know, who knows, you name it, battles, right? Just all of the all of the the principality battles that have taken place down here on this earth and what stood, what is still with us today? That's why I want you to watch that movie. It's so beautiful. And I love Tolkien and, you know, he's such a fantastical person and, and loves magic and not in some occultic way, uh, but just had this great imagination, right? It was an amazing storyteller. And his love affair with his wife in the midst of everything, and his love affair with words, because he understood the value of them. He understood the life and the drama and the death that words could bring. And that's a really good place for us to start, to understand the power of our words. So I want to encourage you tonight as, uh, as I head out, you know, look around your life, look around the landscape of your life. If you're, you know, whatever you've sworn allegiance to, right? Take an inventory of that. Is that serving you? Is that serving eternity? Is that serving the unique calling that, that God has placed upon your life? Maybe he's calling you into a different space a different season, right? We all have them. So if your identity has become wrapped up in a particular calling, right? A particular temporary purpose, maybe it's been for the past 20, 30 years of your life, but perhaps you are being called for a broader and more dimensional existence, as it pertains to God showing you things on this side of eternity that will require you to step off of that particular landscape. Also, and that will require, (laughs) you know, there's a reason the Bible says, unless you become like little children, you will in no wise see or enter into the kingdom. Well, how many of us have lost that child-like dreamy, 
Tolkien-ish, C.R. Lewis wonder, right? And that it takes that where you're like, yeah, I'm walking through that closet door because there's something on the other side. Most of us would be like, shut that sucker and lock it because I got stuff to do. I got bills to pay. I got things I got to do. People I answer to all this debt. I got to answer so-and-so's phone call. You know, I mean, think about that. You know, he invites us to his marriage, to the banquet with him on this side of eternity. And how many of us are like, nope, got this to do. I got a wedding. I got a plan. Um, you know, I've got this, uh, fornication on Saturday. I've got this adultery on this Saturday, Friday, next Friday, you know, nope, got things to do, people to see and places to go, right? Got money to make, got to burn it, burn it, burn it, you know, got to blow through it while I can, right? Busy, 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 busy. And we just don't make time to show up for the sweeter things in life, the delicate things in life that really are the finer brush strokes of our lives. And I think all of that matters. I just do. People call me a dreamer. That's fine. That's not a four-letter word to me. That's not, you know, that's not irreconcilable for me. I'm also a doer, and I know that about me. So I want to encourage you to look at the person next to you tonight. If you don't have anyone, look at the person in the mirror. You know, where are you in the love affair with God? And with getting to know yourself, right? And what you give to others. Where are you in all of that? Look at your spouse. How well do you love them? I'm not talking about just words. Are you romancing them? Are you pursuing them? And yes, in the midst of bombs and riots and looting and burning and threats of invasion and a tanking economy and pending doom and gloom and war. Yes, even in the midst of that, in particular, and especially in the midst of that, God's light shines and shines brightly and he's calling you to his banquet and he's calling you to your love affairs in life. That's my humble belief. All right. Until next time. I will be on Spaces tomorrow. I'm sure I just don't know what time. Uh, appears to be in the morning is whenever I do <laughs> most things in my Spacesville. Uh, and I'd love to have you join me. You can follow me on Twitter at Monica On Air Talk. That's where I be. And uh, we talk about everything, actually. And you, I'd love, 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 love to hear from you. And I may actually put you on my show tomorrow. So I may do my show live from Spaces. We shall see. Everybody voted yes on that. So I think I may actually do it. All right. Remember, be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And if you're an American, act like one. <laughs> <laughs>